when it was extremely crazy to yeah. where it's at today, let's let's do the comparison. Crazy times, how many days on market was average? Well, you do. We did a lot of holding offers, right? So so, so, seven so let's days. say seven days. Okay. Yeah. And then now for the properties that actually are selling. So if the absorption rate was a hundred back in the peak, what's the absorption rate now? I'm telling everybody, you're back to thirty to sixty okay. days, yeah. and you're back to. 2019 behavior. Now pricing mm. is the number one thing that you have to get bang on. If yep. you are not priced properly, you're not moving at all. You're not even getting showings. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. Welcome back to another episode of the Tom Story Show. Uh, we are continuing to be in person because Steve is in Toronto and we have another very, very special guest. I'm going to introduce you in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you by Richard Robbins and Masters Academy. Um, if you're listening to this and you're in the real estate community, meaning you're a real estate agent or someone getting your license or getting into it, I can very much say with confidence that November 14th and 15th in Toronto, those are the two dates that if you're a real estate agent in Canada, there's no better place to be. Um, I've been to 14 or 15 of these events. I know, Steve, you've probably been to like way more than that even. Uh, at least that many, if not more. Our guest, Kim, is going to be there in person as well in Toronto. And how many have you been to? At least 10. 10, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and our listeners or viewers of this podcast are going to get a special discount on this event. That's correct, Steve? $200 off using the link in the description below. Uh, November 14th, 15th, Northern Toronto, the event center is called. Does anybody know? It's the by Peter and Paul's one. I think it's actually in Vaughan. Yes. Um, but it's just outside the city. Um, Great it's Universal event space, I believe, is what it's called. If you're coming in from out of town, there's a couple of hotels there. That's well where we'll be staying and probably having a couple too many drinks one evening afterwards. That's actually one of the best parts of the in-person event is bonding with people that you don't normally get to that are going through the same crap as you are. And that is what is so awesome about the in-person conference. So there's the two-day in-person conference, uh, $200 off using the link in the description below. And then we get to see a bunch of cool speakers and level up our business and learn what other people in our industry are doing. And you know, I'll just say too, is that like, we just hosted our own video mastermind event yesterday. And I got to meet all these people in person for the first time that I felt like I knew virtually. We're already friends. We're all, yeah, we're all friends. And it's like, so if you've been listening or watching this podcast and we don't know you personally yet, I think it would be really cool to see you at this event and hang out and chat about the industry. Um, but that's it for, for the ad side of this, of this uh, beginning of the podcast. We're very, very excited because we have a guest who flew in, not just for the <laughs> podcast, but she flew in. So Kim Heisman is here joining us. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, tell me where you flew in from. So I, uh, from Kelowna, BC. Okay. Yeah, in the Okanagan. Okanagan. So the Okanagan, for those that don't know, the the serve the areas that you service in the like the, is the Okanagan like the area and there's little areas in it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the Okanagan is in the interior of British Columbia. It's yep. about four hours into the middle of the province, um, and the Okanagan <clears throat> goes uh, from the south end of Penticton all the way up to the north end, which is uh, you know Vernon, and then up into the Shuswap. 
uh, Sycamus uh, Seminar Marriott. It is wine country. Wine country. It is definitely wine and country. And beautiful <laughs> golf course when country. I was yeah. When I was growing up. And lake country. Yeah, <laughs> I was growing up, it was orchard and apple country. Yeah. And then they're like, wait a minute. We need to uh, switch great. to something more profitable. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. it is, in my mm -hmm. estimation, some of the best wine now in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's beautiful. The lifestyle we have yeah. is amazing. It is very... Uh, Southern California-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Right, not beach-wise. Well, I guess there's lakes and stuff, but not necessarily beach-wise. But like, do you swim in the lakes there? Oh yeah, you do. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and I often call uh, us the Canadian Napa Valley. Yeah, it because it's very similar it's exactly vibe. What it is? Yeah. Finally, a BC episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you had mentioned yesterday actually that you originally weren't from there, but now you're there, and there's no way you're coming back to Ontario. That's the truth. That is the truth. I'm where originally you, where, from Ontario. Where were you from? I was born in North Bay, Northern okay. Ontario. Wow. And grew up in London. Yeah. And then at 14, my parents went out to BC to have a holiday and decided they loved it so much they bought a house while they were there and found a job and came back and told us we were moving. Wow. I've heard so <laughs> many times people from BC saying how beautiful it is and other people from BC are like, shh, 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 don't yeah. tell the Ontarians. We don't want them to come. We like what we've got going on here. They know. Like, let's not give out the secret. Yeah, I think the secret's out. The secret, I think it is out. <laughs> so yeah. what's happening in Vernon Real Estate? Vernon Real Estate. Yeah. Well, well that's where you're focused, right? You're mostly focused. Uh, Vernon and Kelowna. Ver I do okay. both. I mean, uh, they're, they're like Surrey they're and similar. Abbotsford for me, right? They're yeah. Within the same market. Yeah, that's they're half an hour apart. Um, it's, it's pretty hot. It's, uh, you know, it's in during COVID, uh, the lifestyle that we have really attracted a lot of people. So there was a lot of uh, relocations in the area. Is that coming from uh, the lower mainland mostly, from Vancouver mostly? Our lower mainland buyer stat really jumped up. It went up to about a quarter, uh, a quarter, like 25% of the buyers coming in were out of the lower mainland only. So that jumped up from mm. about... I think it was about 14 or 15 percent before covid mm -hmm. wow so quite a bit and what about outside province buyers did you see a lot of that as well during the craziness of what the last two years were i personally did yeah um you know about 90 percent of no maybe not 90 probably about 75 percent of my deals were relocations into the area like it was a lot wow yeah it was a lot of people coming in wow yeah. and and the Okanagan is also not just Vancouver's vacation spot, but it's also Calgary's vacation spot. Yes. It's equal distance, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're five to six hours each way from both of those cities. So like a Soyuz is what, probably 90% Calgarians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Assume, right? And that percentage, surprisingly enough, that, uh, that percentage dropped um, in regards to the buyers coming in. And then the, the, the locals prior to COVID, about 75, 74% were just local buyers. Mm. Uh, that dropped to 55%. So the locals were staying put hmm. and more people were coming in from outside the area. So yeah. Awesome. It slowed recently with all these bank rates. Where hasn't? <laughs> Where hasn't? Apparently like Calgary is the only market that's still kind of moving. I mean, not what it was, but like still feels. I love everybody from Alberta, but they had a pretty low bar to cross <laughs> over the, honestly, like their market depressed for well, so they, they didn't years. behave like the rest of the country did no. during COVID. I mean, no. steady decline in prices from what, 20, when we were talking to uh, Melanie from 2014 in Fort McMurray until last year, steady decline. It's and I think she said 2014 is still the peak. Still the peak. It, they never got back over it. 
That's in crazy. Fort McMurray. So even after yeah. the craziness of early this year and late last year, they're still not past the peak of 10 years earlier. Wow. Which is nuts. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if Alberta's going to be a fair measure going forward. Right. Yeah. But the good news is, and I'm glad you're here, uh, we're going to cool off our market. Oh, geez. In BC. <laughs> yeah. Just in time for the coldest market ever. Yeah. What's your take on the uh, on the cooling off period? Should, should we explain the cooling off period for Tom, who's from Ontario? Well, I think, too, <laughs> for people listening that aren't from BC, um, the reality is that most of the policies that BC puts in place, whether it was like you did the foreign buyer tax first, you did the vacancy tax first, it's mostly taxes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, Ontario copies you. We like we see what's going on, we check it out, and then eventually, two to five years later, it comes to us. So I think they're going to be watching very closely how this plays out on your side of the country, where it could happen here. So anyone listening, whether you're a buyer, seller, or a realtor that's in Ontario, it's like, this could come. You better, better be prepared if this comes here as well. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Lendlord. If you've not heard of Lendlord, it is a software platform designed for real estate investors. It helps you easily track your portfolio and get reminders when things like rent and utility payments are due. But the best feature and my most favorite feature of the entire platform is something called a deal analyzer. This is where you, as a real estate investor, can log into the software, plug in your future potential purchase, and the system quickly comes up with important information like cap rate, cash on cash return, and even future potential values. It's a totally free software, but listeners of the Tom story show can get 90 days of the upgraded paid version right now totally for free by either clicking the link down below in the description or going to landlord.io slash tom show and if you're a real estate agent and you're not using this software to quickly and efficiently analyze deals for your clients well i think you're doing your clients a disservice download landlord today for a quick and easy way for you to analyze not only your own future purchases but those of your clients so again that's landlord.io slash Tom Show to sign up right now and listeners of the Tom Story Show receive 90 days of the paid version totally for free. I have tried this software myself. I think it's fantastic and extremely useful as a real estate investor. Sign up today. That's landlord.io slash Tom Show. And now back to the podcast. So for those that don't know, it is uh, a basically a, a right of rescission, right? That's what they're introducing. So I have been so adamantly against it because I don't believe in the nanny state, right? This is, hey, you are going into a contract. The market was overheated. We want to remove your ability to make your own decision, and we're going to protect you so you can walk away from any accepted offer contract. That is already in place. Is I'm sure it is here with developers. We've got a 10-day cooling off period uh, if you buy new construction, yes. but it does not exist, exist in resale as of yet. Correct. And why is that there? Because the developer has 400 units. They can resell them. They got deep pockets probably, and they're experienced. The person coming into the sales center is probably not represented. No, they're not. Right. Well, a lot of the times they're, Usually not. they're not, and they're being sold how great it is by someone who works directly for the person who's selling it. Correct. Like they're not being represented sometimes. Abs absolutely. Yeah. And now they're going to introduce this to you selling your home if you're a homeowner in BC, right? So you now have to, the buyer then has the right to walk away at any given time any, within the first three days, apparently. Uh, three business days? Uh, well, we're going to discuss this because <laughs> there, 
the the recommendation put out by the BC I say this wrong all the time the BCFSA yeah is that right yeah I usually get the S and the F wrong <laughs> um the recommendation was 27 pages long in small print it was no joke Night, um, nighttime reading material it was put I, you to I sleep. think they had 32 recommendations so so because what happened was all the local associations got together and with BC were you part of this by the way based on <clears throat> your role yeah okay yeah so I had several meetings um because I was the president of the association at the time yeah um, even when I was on holidays, I was sitting in some Zoom meetings because BCFSA wanted the input of all the associations and realtors alike. Mm -hmm. So we brought forward a lot of concerns that all of us had as an industry about, you know, the rights of sellers and, you know, what uh, the unintended consequences would be of this decision. So we um, together got together, did that. BCREA, which is our provincial organization, got together and did, I think it was 40 some odd recommendations that, and then they wrote a white paper mm. on this um, and said, okay, we understand we want to do consumer protection because it's all about protecting the consumer, yep. which I, as an industry, we Let, agree with. Let's go back just a little bit. BCFSA is the regulating body, which is the government. Okay. Right. They replaced our council. Okay. Yes. Right. We Sorry. no longer have a council. Yes. Um, the BCREA is the association of realtors. Right. So what Kim's now talking about is the realtors went, hey, I know what you're proposing, but here's what you should really do. Yeah. Right? Based on ground level experience and here's Correct. what's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. In the in the in the trenches, yeah. right? Right. Based on filling our own greedy pockets only. Yeah. According right. to the YouTube commenters. <laughs> so BC um uh BCREA, which is the association, had a list of let I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was in the forties. Mm. And then gave that to B BCFSA, which is the governing body. Did our, they listen to any of it? Uh, actually, BCFSA did listen to to the the BCREA. Yeah, very confusing. <laughs> oh my eh? god! Let's just so call it like the like association, the, gover yeah. the, 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 the uh, governing body, not the government, because right. they also come in. The governing right. body. I love them. I you know obviously you never really have too much love for the person that's looking over your head all the time, but I love what they did because the government said this is what we want done. Right. They did their own research after and said, okay, this is what we want done. And then I think they trolled the realtors because when the realtors gave their government or their uh, recommendations to the governing body, the governing body went, oh yeah, let's dump all them in too. So they were like, sure. Like that, and yep. none of the recommendations were the same. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were like, let's keep packing them on. So I just pulled up the report. I have it right here on the laptop. I apologize. It is 80 pages. Oh. <laughs> so the recommendations made by the is there, is there a, uh, an audiobook version of it? No. <laughs> you actually have in the to car? read it all. <laughs> I will try. If I'm smart enough, I will link this report in the description of this podcast. But the actual government only took like a, a half of one point that, that their own yeah. governing body, yeah. the BCFSA, the, the, the suggested to them. Crazy. So yeah, it's what. Uh, so I remember this because when I got, last time I was here, remember we went to the Leafs game? Yeah, you got the it happened. I got then. the message yeah. at the Leafs game, like, ding. Oh, BC announced cooling off, period. Oh, great. So this was November last year. And I remember looking down going, okay, well, what is this all about? And it was basically the government said, we're doing it. Now we're going to do our due diligence to find out if it's responsible. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's do it and then figure out how. And so they put it on 
the governing body to find out how they did a, in my estimation i think they, the governing body actually did a really really good job agreed um i think they came out with a bunch of uh good points and then they eventually delivered their paper which included all of everything like all these crazy recommendations 80 pages of them and then the government just did exactly what they said they were going to do in the first place and didn't listen to any of didn't this. listen nope. to any of their own regulating bodies recommendations they just did what they announced in advance so it's not even like they didn't listen to the realtors it's they didn't listen to the regulating body of the realtors. i don't even think they read their own report <laughs> i don't sorry not their own report i don't think they read the report that was handed to them by uh, the governing body of which they hired to make the report and tell them what to, the best way to do it was. They're like, oh, sorry, you sent it? It must have bounced back. I never never got the email. It just goes <laughs> to show you that the policy being made is only uh, to get votes. So they already had the decision made. Mm. They make it, they put it in. Uh, and then even after consultation, they're like, yeah, we're still doing it the way we wanted to. Because it's only whatever reads right. And I even think that the the title is wrong because, you know, the general public hears cooling off mm. and they think it's, oh, this is to cool off the market. Right. Yes. It's not intended yes, right. to cool off the market. It's intended to cool off the buyer. Uh. And and that was due to the fact of the extreme pressures that the buyers had during COVID. Yep. Well, that's all done. I know. This is a, this is a year late. Yeah. Yeah, you want to cool off the market? Yeah. Uh, Tiff Macklem just figured out how to do that. How is that? Well, you raise interest rates really fast. <laughs> <laughs> you raise interest rates faster right? than ever before in history, except for 1981 when the market tanked yeah. 40% exactly. in that year. Yeah. It's amazing how those things are tied. And then, so you cool the buying market. What's the rental market doing right now? Oh. It's insanity. Is it insanity yep. in the Okanagan? Oh, yeah. There's like, it's below 1% vacancy rate. It's, it's, you can't find a place to rent. Can you do short-term rentals there? Is that allowed? It depends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> depends where. It depends on bylaws. Okay. It, yeah. Like it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. Our so, rental market's gone crazy. Someone's at the front door, Tom. No, it's a package. Um, <laughs> keep rolling. You better go get it so they don't steal it off your porch. No, it's it's all good. Maybe I'll go grab it. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's dive into this. We do not edit, by the way, Kim, <laughs> on this. This is gonna. I'm gonna make them. Oh, hey, Tom. We can do our first first unboxing. <laughs> Those get great views. So then they announce it. Yeah. They announce it. And did you read the actual government announcement? Um, all 80 pages? No, no, no. So that was the BCFSA. Did you read? I'm going to see if I can Google it right now because I thought it was comical. The actual um, release when the government said, okay, we've looked at all the data. We know what is what we're going to do. Here it actually is. And it was like you said. Yeah, like it was three lines. Yeah, it, and and it had no direction for anybody. It so it, so this is how the governing bodies work, though. The government makes the rule, or the government makes the rule or tells which direction they want to do. The BCFSA uh, or the what used to be council would make the rule, and then it's up to the realtors to figure out how to put the rule in place. Realtors and boards, right, to put the rule in place. Yeah. So yeah, nobody has asked, is this actually going to work or how do we implement it? So now we know the rule. We have no idea how to implement it. Well, and this is legislation. So this isn't just what realtors have to do. Mm -hmm. This is anybody, right. anybody selling their house in BC, even if for sale by owner sells their house. They have to follow this. They have to follow okay. these rules because it's legis legislation. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> on the realtors. It's just on anybody that anybody. owns a home. What anybody. they actually did was they changed property law 
So how you are allowed to own a property, you have to sell it in this manner. Mm. You have to give the buyer the right to walk away. So it wasn't even legal before. They changed the law. They had to change the law. They yeah. had to change property law, right? Wow. So for instance, how they, often is property law changed? Not, this is the first not, time not I, very I, often. I've never, I mean, I'm not brushed up on it. Yeah. But so speaking of, let's go back to the, the other thing they did, which was they restricted assignment mm -hmm. in BC. So in 2016, uh, there was a politician trying to stay elected and they were like, the problem is flipping houses. The ghost flipping is that it was called ghost flipping uh, or shadow, shadow flipping. flipping. Shadow flipping. Shadow, shadow flipping. Yep. Nasty word. Shadow yeah. flipping. Um, otherwise known legally as assignment of contract. Yeah. Um, so they removed that in an effort to the BC liberals to get reelected. Uh, only problem with assignment of contract is what is con it's governed by contract law in Canada, in BC, every single contract is assignable. Mm -hmm. If I want to buy, uh, your car off of you, I can, I don't know what you would, what else you would do a contract for. But whatever it is, I can then sell that paper to anybody else. If I buy your business, I can flip your business. So they couldn't actually change, the, or they wouldn't dare change mm. the contract, contract law. law. So what they had to do was they could say, by the way, realtors, you're not allowed to write a contract without that clause in it. Mm. So they restricted the realtor's ability to write a contract with uh assignment of contract in it. So now it's excluded. So what, what happens if somebody buys a property and then it's a it's a firm sale and there's 40 days till closing and something happens in their life where they like, they just, they can't get out of it. They've tried to work with the seller to get a mutual release. They've, they've tried to figure it out. They have to close now. They cannot assign well, it. No, you can still assign. Um, this just is with... the best part. Listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> you can still assign a contract. Okay. It just has to be disclosed within the offer. So there's a clause of notwithstanding clause 20, and it goes on and on and on, about being able to uh, assign it to an immediate family member or company or something. So we have to write yeah. a contract now that says... Uh, it may be it, assigned. It cannot be assigned. Or cannot be assigned, right? That's that our contract now says it cannot be assigned. But, right? but, but you can assign it? No, like, what does the buyer do? Please take out that clause. clause. Oh, and they can ask for that. The, every buyer does. Right. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And the seller doesn't care because they just want their property sold. They right. don't care who they sell it to. So it's not a real problem in the first place. So what they did was now every buyer just goes, just cross that out. And the seller goes, well, I want to sell, so I don't care if it's crossed out. Does the buyer, what if the buyer doesn't know that? Like you as a real estate agent that's told that you legally have to put that clause in there, who's advising the buyer to cross it out if they don't know? Is it the lawyer? No. It's a tough so, question. I get it. But. So I will say that we, in my market anyway, in Surrey, we have a demographic who usually uh, will write, like you'll have big uh, ethnic families mm -hmm. and usually the top of the family whether it be the oldest male or whatever will write the contract and they'll those guys will put four or five six people on title sometimes to get the the oh, place interesting. closed so before they used to just be able to write it in one name and then put whoever they need on a title in order to close now you have to designate all those people on the offer or you have to cross that out designate them later mm, it's right. a it's a total pain so they couldn't getting back to the whole point of that they couldn't actually change the law or they dare not change contract law. This time, they actually changed property law. Property mm -hmm. law. When is this coming into place? 
January 1st. January 1st. January 1st, 2023. Yep. Okay. Yep. It is... Um, and so walk me through it as like, I get how it works, right? But if I'm someone watching this and next year I'm thinking of buying a property in BC, okay? I I make my offer on the house. I get it accepted. One thing that you guys have different, which is weird for me, is that when we get an offer accepted, the deposit's due within 24 hours, not when it's firm. When it can be conditional. You still got to give the deposit. So for you guys, you get the offer accepted. Now, it doesn't matter what conditions were in there or not in there because no matter what, there's three-day cooling off. And is it to buyer's satisfaction? Is just for any reason in that three days? We don't know, do we? We don't know. We don't know. That's what, that's, that's the stupid thing. First question though, do you guys in the Okanagan generally take a deposit on acceptance or on subject removal? Um, It depends. It's negotiated almost every time. I usually write it in, you know, uh, when we remove conditions. Um, Sometimes I'll do a you know, half now, half later, mm-hmm. uh, just depends on the situation. I don't think the government knows that point. That's interesting because here it's like we, you get the deposit on conditional sale. Right. And even though absolutely it's still in the buyer's hands and that we have to give them their deposit back within 10 business days, if they, if they walk away, yeah, there's something about the fact you delivered the deposit, you were serious. Yeah. And most of our transactions that go conditional, not all of them, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but for me, 95 go firm. 95% go firm. I can tell you exactly. I track it. So this year we are at, I think, 56 firm transactions, 14 collapses. Wow. So we've written, let's call it 70 transactions, and only 56 of them have firmed up. That is not a good thing no. for the overall market, right? Like for the overall sellers out there, that's not, those aren't good numbers, right? That doesn't, that shows me that I'm not a lot of, uh, let's call it one in, five or one in six buyers are not super serious about their purchase. Right. So if I'm a buyer, sorry, go on. Well, no, I was just going to add. So in regards to the deposit, I think it will change in BC because (laughs) if you rescind your offer, there's also going to be a penalty attached to it. I saw that. So it's a percentage of the purchase price. I believe so. 0.25% of the 2,500 bucks on a million dollar purchase. That's what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So you still pay a penalty if you walk away within those three days. Kim, how are you going to get that? Oh, well, I think you're going to make sure that it's in the deposit at the very beginning of an accepted offer. Let's let's go back, though. So what they did is they announced, okay, this will be three days. Yeah. Right. Everybody was thinking, oh, seven days. No, that was unfair, but it's three days. So it's three days. But my understanding now is it's three clear days. So if you accept tonight, so the sun Monday has night, to be out. <laughs> well, just like just like if you're serving notice to a tenant, twenty four yeah. hours clear notice, right? Right. So if you if you're doing offer presentation Monday night, my Tuesday understanding starts is on Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if it's Thursday midnight, would be when they would have to mm-hmm. walk away, and then Friday. So I'm trying to figure out now. So is everybody just going to write four day conditions, and then avoid it completely? Yep. That's interesting. Right. What, so, what's your typical condition now anyways? What's the number? 10 day? days to two weeks. That's so wild. Like it five is days is the longest right I see in Toronto. Well, it, so 10 days to two weeks since the market has cooled. Got it. Back in COVID? No. I mean, we had no conditions during yes. the pandemic. And now it's like we're, get, we're getting five-day financing, five-day status review, three-day inspection. We're not going past five business days. Wow. In, in our market right Normally. now? Yeah, like some really difficult stuff, maybe. If but. I get a five to seven day subject removal, I know it's going to firm up. 
if I get an offer with a 10 to 14 day subject removal, I know that buyer hasn't been to the bank and the, and the realtor has no idea what their buyer's financing is. So I know that deal is not going to come together. Right. And the experience I'm having right now, especially in my area, is the mortgage brokers and or the banks that my clients are working with are telling us that mm. they that they need that time. So mm. if they need that time, then how many offers are being dealt with on the top of the desk first? before ours and then are ours being dealt with two days before subject removal? Like they're not being dealt with right away. Because so they know they have that time. They have the time. So they're, yeah. So, so you're sitting patiently waiting and then you find out it falls apart the day before the conditions instead of, right. it's really just, so it's the mortgage broker, brokers really asking for the times, maybe? Maybe, lenders. Lend, yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah, not the mortgage broker, but who's financing yeah. the. Yeah. So the funny thing is while we're sitting in that lease game last year and they announced this, yeah, I was like, I mean, I don't care about the lease. Sorry, Tom. Um, we won that game in overtime. Hey, I'm going to a game today. Uh, we Jays though, Jays though. Jays, right. We yeah. did, uh, we, we, wink, we did win that game in overtime. It was kind of exciting, actually. It's nice to see a win. I'm a Vancouver fan, so <laughs> we don't see wins often. Um, within the period of that game, while I was uh, scrolling through my Instagram in the third period when I didn't care, I think it was Jeff from New S. Uh, he was like, so this is within two hours of the article coming out. He's like, wait, is uh, cash deposit to the seller the new firm offer? Like non-refundable non deposit. Non-refundable cash deposit right. to the seller directly upon offer, even with your three walking away or oh. walk away days. Like, is that they didn't address that at all? Nope. They haven't brought that up. <clears throat> nope. Zero. Even at this point, zero. Nope. Wouldn't it, that be the most obvious way? It literally took realtors twenty minutes to figure yeah. it out. Right. So it's like we've already got to work. See, we're smarter than people think. <laughs> <laughs> we are very good at here. Okay, so. Yes, we're smarter than people think. What is our job? To, to help, help our, our clients. clients. To figure out ways to help people yeah. get what they want. Yeah. That's our job. It's literally what we're hired by them to do. Right? Let's get out of a property or get in. Man, we are really patting ourselves on the back here. We <laughs> so yes, it now does come with a 0.25% or $250 on every $100,000. Isn't it kind of funny how they're saying like, listen, we're putting this in to protect you. But if you do it and you walk away, you still pay a penalty. Like I actually, I'm su I'm surprised they put the penalty in. I think is it that was... to stop people from from making six offers at once so and we... then figuring it out after? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that was a major concern by a lot of realtors. Is like, well, you know, who's going to stop someone from putting in eight offers and rescinding seven? They already and do then... that in my market. Wow. Well, okay. They just don't remove conditions. Right. Right. It happens constantly. So but you're waiting is, 10 days, not three days. <laughs> trust me. It is a real thing where it, it a lot of agents think it's okay to go write six or seven offers. And then the buyer just, after he negotiates six or seven deals, I don't know why the realtor would do this much work for somebody that's not serious. They'll pick the house of which they think is the best and just walk away from the other ones. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. <laughs> well, it so here's the only, the only problem with it is to prove... Like you have to write a contract in good faith. Yeah. Yep. So to prove it though, you have to be able to take that buyer to court and prove that they did not have the ability or intention of actually buying all of those properties. Hard thing to prove, right? You zero. Impossible to prove. Right. So it I mean, we don't even get the buyer's address on our contracts. Like we the can't buyer's even find the person. address. No, we don't get that either. It should be mandatory. Really? You think? Hundred percent. You're entering into a contract. Why should I not? If I'm selling you my two and a half million dollar house, why shouldn't I know your name and your address? 
right? <laughs> Seriously. It, I get the question. I I mean, I don't know. It is all it is all kind of ridiculousness. I just don't see how that money's ever actually going to flow. So I would assume we're now going to be accepting the deposit earlier, mm -hmm. which would be good. It would be then put into our trust accounts. Oh, and they had to change the rules about trust accounts in BC to adapt Oh, I don't to know that. Too. They have to. So what because, changed? Well, because right now you can't, can't remove it. anything out of a trust account unless both buyer and seller agree. Uh -huh. It's court ordered. You know, all those rules. Sure. I think there's, an, there's a couple other rules. Anyway, um, so if this is the other these are so many questions like even as an association we we waited for the government to announce okay what's going to happen and how are we going to deal with this and again when you heard the same um notification that we did we're like well what do we do we still don't have any direction so we don't know how it's supposed to be paid out we don't know i i did read something and i can't remember the exact wording but it does say that they are changing the permission for a brokerage to release part of the deposit if someone were to rescind for this penalty. Do you know how scary that is with some of the brokerages out there? <laughs> Do you understand like, oh yeah, by the way, the seller has authorized uh, me to release the deposit to them. What's the buyer so, gonna do if that amount is not calculated? Let correctly? me ask you a hypothetical question, right? So, you know, we, let's say there's a brand new brokerage that starts in an area and they have very small agent count and their trust account is not filled like other brokerages and something changes and they can't pay. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying that that factors in too, not only just like- It's supposed to be separate, but in BC about five or six years ago, we actually had a, a brokerage that- the well, some, They go under sometimes. The couple that owned it drained that account for their own personal use. Like it, they're like going to jail, right? Yeah. But- <laughs> But I mean, that is a thing here. You want to know something that will blow your mind, Tom? BC has been considering or at least looking at the model of what they call single licensing. So that means removal of all brokerages. Hmm. So, so essentially break, break everybody would be their own broker. So essentially the government then becomes the broker kind of like that's interesting. you would almost have you would almost uh, have a different license of which like my managing broker now they would almost be like a consultant and I would pay them to do the consulting. Um, but I would be responsible at that. Well, the question is who would be responsible for the trust funds, but they're talking about removing brokerages completely and having the license go direct to council or whatever. And then everybody's their own guy. Is there other industries where that's the case? Um, there must be. That it goes direct to the government and there's no in between it's it's crazy to me to even suggest that because if you think that you know just for instance just brokerages that have trouble or maybe are not super ethical that's one brokerage that you're dealing with mm. they might have 4000 agents now you're going to have 4000 people that don't know what the hell they're doing right i don't want to learn how to balance a trust account do you um well <laughs> i have my broker's license oh you do oh, okay well <laughs> but i'm not a managing broker I'm an associate broker, right? So it, yeah, like I, I have that level of licensing, but it is, it is, um, it's, it's challenging. It's huge responsibility. Make the wrong decision. There's, there's big consequences that go with it's, that. 
If you're a broker of record, right? If anyone in your brokerage does something that gets them in trouble, it comes back to you. Oh, yeah. You're the one dealing with it. Yep. You get named in the lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah. I honestly don't understand why some people like want to run their own brokerage because I think for the most part, if you just go with a good company and you're a sales representative, you're just like, you can do your thing and it's fun and less less headaches i would say yeah it's interesting that you brought this up steve because um when that got brought up it was probably about two three years ago when that got brought up uh because it came they came the government came out to the industry and said okay well we're or no it wasn't the government it was the bcfsa it was council at the time council um and it was the superintendent that's right of real estate and and i after they presented those ideas to us as an industry um, most recently over the last year and a half, I've been thinking, geez, I wonder if they were setting us up. I wonder if they were just setting us up to think, well, you know, it was something that we showed you a few years ago. Mm. Uh, just to say, I've just, I don't know. I've had it in the back of my mind. I've been thinking about that as well. Yeah. I just, I'm scared. I, <laughs> I never give it that much credit. Right. <laughs> was Realists, so the, 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 the changes in rules and regulations for BC real estate, uh, it sounds to me like a lot of them have happened in the last 10 years. Five. Five years, okay. Now it be- really started in 2016, so six, and, six years. Yeah. Okay. And before that, for the 35, 40 years before that, did yeah. much change reg- regulation-wise? So why is it happening now? It's happening now prices. because there's more, it's prices, it's more noise happening now. You know, shadow flipping, all these big newsworthy headlines. Yeah. That's why it's happening now. It's But it's just the run up in prices, right? People are mad and they're saying, fix this for us. Yeah. So the uh, in my estimation, the Olympics turned Vancouver into an international city, right? It <laughs> went from, we were all, when I was growing up in school, Vancouver was the third market in Canada, mm. right? It was always behind Montreal. We're way past Montreal. Really? Yeah. We're way past Montreal now. I don't know in why prices was, and population, in everything, and, right? I don't know about population. Maybe not. I think sports teams like are you the like, center of the universe now? No, we are in the center of the universe oh. right now. No, no, that's that's Toronto. <laughs> oh, right, right. I'm sorry, I forgot where I was. Center of Canada, at least. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm interested. One of the notes that I noted in the uh, regulatory regulatory report that was put in, one of the exemptions for this, government owned property. <laughs> oh. Good for them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're, by the way, uh, this rule is so good for you that we're going to exempt ourselves from it. Right. Yeah, That's there are there are four exemptions like leasehold. What are the other ones? Leasehold, uh, court-ordered sale, Yeah. government-owned, and I don't know what the last one is. Court-ordered sale, though. you got to wait for court, so I'm assuming. It's longer than that anyways, right? It's Well, okay, so after the court order is right. when it would be exempt, I would think. Yeah. Um, there is another rule that they've proposed, and I can't see how this can ever come in. There is... Uh, the push, and I think it was in theory, communism works too, I guess, but in theory, <laughs> um, they want to have a limit of how many agents can be under a broker. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by the Real Estate Video Course. Today's real estate industry has changed and you can no longer rely primarily on door knocking, cold calling, and geo farming. While these strategies still work, video provides something that these traditional methods just don't. And that is leads that reach out to you because of 
you and the message and content that you are providing. I believe that video is king and that through video, you can leverage your message, create stronger relationships and become the authority on real estate in your marketplace. The real estate video course is a five part course that will teach you the fundamentals of video, including why it's so impactful, the equipment that you need to invest in to get started and the proven tips and strategies used to ensure long-term success. So go to videocourselogin.com today to become a true creator, level up your editing and production skills and develop your real estate video plan to leverage your message to current and prospective clients. That's videocourselogin.com. The link is below in the description. And don't forget to use the discount code TOMSHOW at checkout for 10% off any purchase. That's videocourselogin.com and use the checkout code TOMSHOW. That's T-O-M-S-H-O-W. They want to have a limit of how many agents can be under a broker. Like a, like a like, daycare, like two yes, adults per, yes. that is <laughs> per 16 kids. <laughs> 50 agents to one broker. Yeah. yeah. So they, they want to limit that. So before the run up in the market. That's not that crazy of a thought. Just like in terms of I actually support think it's a great that you thought. can give to. Correct. Yeah. How many, how many uh, agents can you support as a broker? Right. You properly. Can't have, you can't have. Properly three, is I think the biggest yes. word here. You can't yes. have 3,000 agents under you and be a correct broker. Right, like it's just not mathematically gonna, impossible. It, you do, not enough time in the day. I mean, there are even brokerages right now that charge their realtors to speak to the managing broker, okay. which I think should be illegal. But here, here's the only issue with that. Okay, so we want, I don't know, let's say fifty people, right? So they did the math before everybody got licensed during COVID, and now wants to make a million dollars in real estate. I think they said, if we do this, if we break this number down when we were at like 16,000 realtors in the province, we need another 750 brokers province-wide. Mm -hmm. hmm. There's only 250 now. And, oh, I just heard this stat recently. I think, oh, uh, geez, I think it's over 50%. And uh, I, I don't know if this is correct or not, are over 65 Yes. Of the current yes. of the yes. current brokers that okay. we have. And I can't remember the exact amount, but a lot of them will be retiring and over here's the next the thing. five here's to the seven thing. years. A, a managing broker can in BC be selling or non-selling. If they are non-selling, which is the way I think you should go personally, mm. that's how my brokerage works. If they're non-selling, I don't know what those guys are making, but I'm assuming it's between, let's call it maybe sixty dollars to $100,000 a year. I don't think there's many making more than that. I, that's where I wanted to go with this. Okay. So when you say managing broker, we call them like office managers where it doesn't have to be the broker of record, but it's like for that office, there's someone that you go to and you, and you trust. And that's the person. That's that kind of what Kim's license would be uh, as an associate broker. You would have the ability, but you're not necessarily that okay. person. So that to fill that role, to take a highly productive realtor out of selling. Yes. To fill that role. You're not anyone that, that really is good at this um salary wise why would you make that switch unless it's a purely lifestyle thing i want to go back to it nine to five it's, it's got to be a lifestyle thing maybe if you're getting to the end of your career like oh yeah sure why not but then maybe you're not up to date on all the things that are happening right now and then you got the newer agents that aren't doing much that might get their broker license and yeah. go i'll do that because it guarantees me this it's a hard position to fill. I know in, in Toronto, it's a very hard position to fill. Yeah. You have to find that middle ground between someone that doesn't want to sell anymore, 
but actually knows enough yes. to be helpful in that position. Yeah. That's a tough, like we've had massive turnover at our brokerage in that position. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Yeah. And we're like a very well-run good company yeah. that would be great to work for, but it's this weird middle ground. Right. It, it is a total middle ground. And I, from what I see, the best brokers are usually the realtor that was so book smart, but couldn't really cut it in the sales world. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's a really good broker because they want the security. And then a lot of the other times too, it's guys that maybe come out of commercial that are used to that nine to five. And they're just like you're saying with lifestyle, like I'm just, I'm not going to do weekends and evenings anymore. I don't mind taking a call, but I'm really picking my family. And then you're talking about probably reducing your sal- or your income by crazy if you're amounts. If you're producing, then yes, it would be a big drop in income. Crazy amounts. I do think it would be a great industry to actually teach people and have them come up, right? Like put them in schooling. How many people could you teach through a schooling method and then bring them in as a broker? It could be a really cool thing. They wouldn't have the experience of dealing with crazy real estate agents like Kim here, but you know, like <laughs> what, what, like there's gotta be some sort of solution. I would love to see more brokers. There's no reward for it. No, no. And then, and the challenge is the, 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 the fact that there is not, and there are not going to be enough brokers, um, if more don't come in is a huge issue, which is why I think the government looked at or looked is at. looking at <laughs> single brokerage. All right, you guys keep talking about this. I have an offer thing I got to take real quick. Oh, <laughs> what a, this is the first time. This is the problem with in-person. <laughs> so I now do business. <laughs> I can't, my phone's off. <laughs> Kim's phone is helping record. So now what does that, where does that leave us? I'm going to turn Tom's mic off here so we don't get all the background. <laughs> uh, where does that leave us? Oh, my God. I don't know. How do we implement this? I mean, they've uh, – I don't want to be poor us BC realtors just having this conversation now, but now we are in a position where are we just left in the weeds? Like you've been on the regulatory side of th- – well, you've been in the organized side of things in real estate. How yeah. does that trickle down to us now, and then how do we figure out – because we've only got – three months until this comes in place and I've got zero more instruction on it. Uh, yeah, none of us have. And brokerages are going to be the ones that are left with the responsibility of dealing with it. And no one knows what the rules are going to be. It's very frustrating. I don't know what the answer is, you know, and, and what, who's going to, who's going to monitor or look after the for sale by owners. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. No, there's no one to monitor it. I didn't this even isn't think a, about that, Tom. Th- I'm going to turn your microphone back on. This isn't a a realtor. It, this is a legislation. This is for sale by owners as well. What what do we do with for sale by owner? How does that contract get? Who regulates that? That it, is it the lawyer now? Then I would assume it's the lawyer because the the lawyer is essentially doing all the other things for this for. And again, our for sale by owner here. I don't know what it's like in BC. It's like you can just say. I'm selling my house. I put up my own sign and I post it and I take everything. But we also have mirror postings in Ontario. Yeah, we, we do too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I hire a real estate brokerage, but it's just to get it on MLS and I still do everything myself. But they're not allowed to give advice. No. Because there's no agency. No. Uh, so they can advise the seller to make sure that a deposit is coming in at the very beginning of their offer to make sure that if they rescind the offer that they can get payment. Here's a better one. Do you think it's gonna come in uh, 
with if so if I if per, currently in new construction, if I just do nothing, the offer goes ahead. Right. Yeah. Is That's under red red rules. So is it then going to be I have to say okay, I'm going forward, or if you just don't hear from me, I am going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's so we many. Don't I don't know. <laughs> I was uh, educated by one of the YouTube channels from one of the guys that was actually at the course yesterday, and uh, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Andrew um, out in Nova Scotia. They just brought in this year removing your conditions in writing. Before it was just here's my conditions. Oh. And if we go past that condition date and I don't contact you, then it's a firm deal. Excuse me? Yeah. That's like, what do they call that? Negative. It's almost like negative billing or whatever they call it. It's like, and, and, but that's what it is right now in, uh, in terms of new construction. You just, all you do is go show up that last day, pay your deposit, your next deposit. And they're like, okay, we're going ahead. Right. But it, so I can't believe until the year 2021 or 2022, they were like, not removing their conditions in writing and wow. i'm like this is insanity so when that rule came in i commented i'm like or what what decade are you guys what century are you guys living in to have run your whole real estate industry think of the trust that must be there oh i i can't imagine it <laughs> like you actually have to not remove your conditions in writing you, if you're not going to go ahead with it you have to give them written notice right yeah not insanity. that you're going ahead with it by Absolutely. waiving or fulfilling the condition right so what do you think of this tom from the outsider looking in. Okay, so I I want to think about this from a take myself out of someone that is a real estate agent and just think like, okay, I'm a I'm somebody that that doesn't know a ton about what's going on, and I want to buy a house, and I hear that the government, whether it's actually the government or, or if I see a headline, I'm like, okay, I'm a potential home buyer next year, um, I'm gonna buy a house. I'm now being protected by the government to buy my house. Like th that's what's going through my mind, right? Oh, yeah. This is a good thing for me because they are protecting me. And whether you love realtors or don't like realtors, work with one, don't work with one, do whatever you want to do. But now I'm protected for three days. Like, like I can understand why the public's going, yes, great, great. Mm -hmm. This is good. Like I get it, right? Yeah. I So that is where policy is so easily influenced by here's the thing sentiment you know if you watch this podcast and you've heard what we've talked about so far you probably understand our side of it as well and recognizing that our side of it's not like oh this is going to hurt us it's like no if we're hired by someone we don't we want to be able to give them the best advice and actually help them get to a point that they are satisfied with what they've done right right but we are never going to have the influence as us three or even a real estate board putting out an article about it if the government puts it out more people are going to see it and they're going to come to their opinions and most people are going to read read a headline there's a very small percentage of the population that's going to watch this or watch other things like this that see the other perspective right so we're never going to win this argument to the it's not even an argument but just this discussion to the public because we don't have that power to get the message across do we it sounds like we don't because they they didn't listen to anything that was recommended you know what i think about our messaging right now and this is a reason why or, or part of why i wanted to do this podcast i actually think something as stupid as you and me two idiots sitting down talking to a smart person every week yeah. is better messaging than our entire government can do i also think though any of these things. we are trying to say things in a way that is clear yeah like real life talk and, like real people talking simple yeah right <laughs> Thanks, but, but this, no <laughs> She just called us simple. No, uh, no I'll that's take not what it. I meant. I'll take it. 
but it's actually pretty good compared to what we've been called. I, I think that's that's one of the challenges, right? Like, you know, the government or, or industries or whatever, they make things too complicated. Um, and our job is to simplify and just make sure it's easily. But this topic, it, we don't even know what's going on. Like, we can't even simplify it yet. There was a uh, uh, HBO, the John Oliver program that he does, um, and he breaks things down. And, and one of the episodes last year was, it was like a new bill coming into the States. And and he was saying, is like, what they do is they make it as absolutely boring and long as possible so that they can sneak these things through because the average person ain't going to read it. Yep. They're not going to read it. Like, make it boring. Make it confusing. Yeah. And then get it through. Yeah. Have you ever tried to read, like, a court order or, like, uh, something on a charge on title? No, that's not my job. Normally. Oh, you got, yeah, you the lawyers do, do it. Yeah, yeah. So if you've ever tried to read a charge on title in BC, you're like, I don't. It's like, it would be really easy if there's an easement on your title. It should say the the eastward most three feet of this property is an easement or whatever. Sure. It does not say that. No. It is. I can't. I read them all the time, and I can't make sense out of any of them. I wanted to make another point, which could be coming in. We don't know yet. There is the possibility that with this cooling off period, if you have multiple offers, get this, Tom. After <laughs> the offer is firm, mm -hmm. okay. After we after the offer cooling is cooling off period's done, done. Yeah. Okay. You have to go back to all of the other buyers that wrote a multiple offer and tell them where all of the other offers came in at price wise. Oh, so there's so what they're doing here is they're slowly introducing the open auction style, but it's after the fact, so that when they officially bring it in, it's like, well, we were already kind of doing it. Can you imagine three days after getting twenty one offers, going back to all agents and being like, by the way, uh, and this is where you ranked? Yes. Do you have to tell them what each was, or just where they ranked? With uh, apparently, from what I've read so far, with redacted information, you have to disclose the other offers. So it's just a sheet of what number you were out of the offers. Redacted information to me means I take a black Sharpie and cross out names. And send them all the offers? I don't know. I, we I, don't know. <laughs> but it does say that we have to, because what they want to do is they want to know, okay, did somebody overshoot? Was it one person that overshot by $150,000? Or was it everybody that shot overshot? You know, how close was it? So who wants to know this? Uh, this is what the listing agent would have to provide to the buyer. So I guess the buyer and the buyer's agent, they feel the buyer and the buyer's agent should know where they stood in the negotiation for future negotiations. Hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I, under, I, it makes sense in terms of what you're telling me. Is it going to happen? It sounds like a lot of additional things to do when most of those people have moved on already to the next property. Totally. Right. I, I, I don't see that happening. I, it can't happen. There, there's the other thing going on is have you tried to get feedback from a showing yeah we now call them directly because otherwise they you don't know, they don't fill out our, our auto you know how form. painful it is to get hey did your buyer what did your buyer think of the property it's very difficult very are you gonna get this are you gonna get a <laughs> well, list exactly. from like it's just not realistic it's not gonna happen and there is another push which was one of the recommendations that if you counter an offer in a multiple offer situation, you have to disclose the price of the other offer. <laughs> that you've can't, sorry, you've countered back to the so offer. So let's say I've got two. Yeah. And, you know, let's say they're within, I don't know, let's say they're $100,000 apart. You know how a lot of agents, because it's their job, they get cheeky with the highest one and try and push it up even more. That is their job. It's the reality of it, yes. 
they are hired by the seller to get the most amount of money. Yep. They would then have to disclose the amount of the other offer. To the one that they countered to. Yes. So let's say I have two offers, one's for 1.1 million, one's for a million. I counter the 1.1 million offer at a million 25, yeah. whatever. You have to tell them the other offer is only a million bucks. <laughs> well, that's going to like, <laughs> so the, well, like done. <laughs> Negotiations over. So and take away any do. power. And, and again, I know that we come from this from like a five year, 10 year from the markets we worked in of sellers held every card. Don't give the sellers another advantage. But like as the market starts to shift here, the buyers are going to start holding the cards and you're taking away any actual power from a seller to sell their own property mm -hmm. for what they want is the most amount of money. And let's not forget, buyers turn into sellers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. So here's the thing, right? This is keying your own car. This is keying the car yeah. you are about to buy mm -hmm. and going, well, I need a deal now. And then you just bought a car that got keyed. Like that is how stupid this whole thing is. But like you said, the tides have turned. What you can't do in this industry is you can't put in law for market condition. No. Right? That is the problem. And that's what the realtors are saying because everything turns back around. Yeah. And then it goes the other way. I'll give you uh, an example. In BC, they also put in, if you do assign a contract, the original seller gets the profit. Hmm. So in this market, <laughs> that would make no sense in to this market, the contract. Correct. Yeah. So in this market, as prices are going down, oh, right? Does the original seller should take the, the difference? Should the, like, does the other person then get the benefit of the downturn in price? Should the seller then only take what it's worth on closing? Mm. No. Yeah. Right. So the seller, I was against that. I was like, listen, the seller agreed to a price on March 15th. They don't close till June 15th. They get the March 15th price. But they're like, no, 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 that's not fair, right? So this is the BS of trying to- It's only fair things. when you've made money, not when you've if lost you money. If you make money, it shouldn't be the person that took the risk of buying that property. It should only be the original seller. It's just stupid. Also, for the most part, like assigning a property is a risky thing to do. If you're buying a property just to assign it, that's very risky to yes. think it's going to work out for you. Don't go buy a property because you think you're going to assign it and make money on it. Unless you know what you're doing. I wouldn't even do it if I know what I was doing. Yeah. I have that's very that risky. For yeah. the last two years, I had an that's spec. That's like, literally a speculation. That's like the, yes. that is absolutely yes. speculation. That's the definition. Yes. Yes. So it is, uh, I have a neighbor that was talking about that for the longest time. And every time it's like, okay, you know, what do we do? Let's look at a flip. Let's look at this. And I'm like, dude, I don't want any part of that. I'm like, I love you, man. I'd love to make the money. But the risk that's there is just not good for anyone. Yeah. Right. If you don't have a plan to hold that property. It makes me so angry. I don't know. It is, I just think it's, can you imagine if we regulated our healthcare, for instance, without the advice of doctors and nurses? Maybe they do oh, that. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe they do that, right? But I don't know. It just, to me, it's, it, it was so one-sided for market conditions. And now that market conditions have changed, I had an agent in my market just two weeks ago phoning all of the listings where his buyer wanted and he was like how much off the price how motivated is your person and i was like you haven't even seen the property yet is it right he's like my buyer does not care we are only out there to get the deal i want to ask you about that really quick so when you had come on my channel last week one of the things that, that came up in the comments because you had said if you're just going to 
try to get the best deal off someone that's hurting the most don't do that because that's not the right way to buy a property and someone said like well sellers had all the advantage before they were gouging buyers now buyers can go gouge sellers but what just to be clear what you were yeah. trying to say was like don't just buy the property because you think you got the most amount off a price which maybe wasn't even the price should have been just to hurt someone buy it because the numbers make sense right not only that like, don't you go it. look for the best like you get what buy, I'm trying buy to say. it because it's the property you want yeah, yeah. you not just because you're screwing someone else like literally there are buyers out there right now going i just want someone else to feel the pain that they have experienced and I'm like, the last so two you're years. gonna make a million two investment because you can get it uh off of a million four and you think that's a great deal but does the house work for you that right. was not the question the question was not is this a good purchase the question was how much off of the price can i get if you're making that decision you are a ridiculous buyer kim in your market right now like let, let's look at okay the absolute craziness was february the peak for you too like pretty much for everybody in terms of prices um yeah i think our absorption rate was a hundred percent in may i think it was okay. yeah may or march or may i can't remember so, exactly so from when it was extremely crazy to yeah. where it's at today yeah okay so Let's let's do the comparison. Crazy times. How many days on market was average? Crazy times. Yeah. Uh, 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 a day. Yeah. Like okay. yeah. Things were selling within. Well, you would do. We did a lot of holding offers, right? So so, so, seven so let's days. say seven days. Okay. Yeah. And then now for the properties that actually are selling. So if the absorption rate was a hundred back in the peak, what's the absorption rate now? Absorption rate, um, geez, I don't know. Days on market is gone, but I'm telling everybody you're back to 30 to 60 okay. days yeah. and you're back to 2019 behavior, gotcha. right? It's, you know, the COVID 2020 and 2021 behavior is gone. Yeah. Like it's it's just not happening. Um, but so, like now pricing mm. is the number one thing that you have to get bang on. If yep. you are not priced properly, you're not moving at all. You're not even getting showings. One of the things I tell all my sellers, and I, I don't know, maybe it was Rich that first told us this, but like 95% of marketing is price. 100%. Now yeah. that last 5%, yeah. we got to do a lot. Very and important. It, and it's the, the staging super expensive and all those things are important in negotiation, but none of that matters if you're priced wrong. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I think, what Kim thinks, what Steve thinks, what any other person thinks or the seller thinks, what does the market think? That's right. And if the market's not reacting, it's not that they don't like your house. They just don't like your house at its current price. Yeah. Yeah. Are, have you seen buyers sniffing around for deals or is it just like the pricing is still so? Uh, well, I've dealt with some buyers that, yeah. you know, we're out and about and, and you know, they're like, well, how low can we commit? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, number one, let's go see the house. <laughs> um, but it's a you good know, place to start. Yeah. And then, and then your my honest opinion has to come in and say, listen, you know, these, these guys are either priced pretty good, fairly well. You yeah. know, I think we could probably get a little bit off, but there's no coming in a hundred low. Right. Um, or I would say, okay, this, this is still COVID pricing mm -hmm. and it's not there anymore. Mm. So I think they're at least a hundred over or whatever, depending on the property. Yeah. Um, and in we either wait it out or you can try an offer, but most sellers are not, they're not going to like that offer mm -hmm. uh, if you come in that low. So you're better off to hold off for a little bit and see if we get a price reduction happening and then come to the table. But yeah, it's, you know, a lot of conversations I've been having recently, cause I've gotten a few extreme low ball offers on things. And obviously we we receive an off offer. We have to legally show it to our seller within yep. a, the, the, I think the wording is like as fast as possible. Yeah. You know, the wording. 
And I'll always call them and say, hey, I got an offer. Just remember, I didn't bring you this offer. Don't shoot me. I'm not the messenger. Here's what it is. What would you like to do? And, and typically, they're like, don't even respond to it. We have no interest in negotiating with someone that's going to come in like that because we understand what they're doing. Right. And then sometimes I'll go back and say, listen, they're not going to respond. They're, we're not even going to counter. We're going to let this thing die. And then they come up 50 grand. Yeah. And then they start playing again. So I understand the thing. But then, and again, this is all in our heads. This is all psychological for the sellers. Everyone feels like they want to win. Everyone feels like yeah. they want to get that thing. And the seller knows they came in this slow. They're like, don't even bother. I don't want to deal with this person because of the way they started. Right. Where then, But then there's, there's maybe a seller out there that's like, I need to sell this in the next two weeks. I bought something that's closing. Yeah. Give me anything. Right. So I guess it's kind of like you never know. And. Foch, we talked to about this, right? Daniel Foch, he's like, if you're willing to to go put in the effort of making 12, 20 offers, not the same time, obviously, yeah. on properties to try and find that one, and you're willing to, to do that, you will ma maybe eventually find one. Oh, yeah. But it's a smaller percentage of the market than maybe people think. And I would suggest that, I mean, what I tell all of my sellers right now is, listen, that person is on the opposite side of the negotiating table to you, so they're coming in with a price. And it is your responsibility to counter this offer, whether it be at full asking. Yeah. It is your responsibility to, if you want to get this home sold, if you just turn your nose up at any offer right now mm. in my market, if it's a hundred grand under ask, you're, you got to counter it somehow. Yep. I'm not telling you to necessarily take it depending on where the stats are, but it is your responsibility to reply to this because getting offended right now as a seller is not the right move, <laughs> no. right? Like no. it, right now, getting the offer is the win. Yeah, just getting it. Just getting the offer is the win. Well, and then you find out if the buyer is yeah. just fishing or not, right? Like, and I've done the same advice for my sellers. It's like, I, I understand this is extremely low. We'll counter back at full price. Yeah, because I've had two recent situations where it's like, one was like, no, this was my take it or leave it. Mm. Yep. And then the other one was like, okay, let's start negotiating. Um, what I would do to anyone still listening at, or watching at this point, and I talked with this in another one, we've got people signed up. So if you want the Toronto list, let me know. If you want the Surrey list let steve know if you want the vernon um what i always forget Kelowna. Kelowna. i always forget Kelowna. anywhere in the you, okanagan i thought you were in vernon i live in vernon which okay. is 30 minutes yeah, north of Kelowna, but i work the two communities okay. but if yeah. you're a buyer actually looking for that type of seller that needs to sell what started to come back in in the broker remarks on my board that we can search for is people will legitimately write motivated seller yeah yeah yes so if you want a list of those properties i can send it to you right now i know there's like 150 of them in toronto i found a property one time for uh, an elderly lady that was in a wheelchair by searching the comments of expired listings for the word wheelchair hmm. and we found that property i called the listing agent we got the deal together six months after it expired wow right so that is a tool that agents can use to find the properties they're looking for and you know what and, and i'm gonna get you know this is gonna be the easiest thing like realtor says market's coming back but like <laughs> i literally this morning got an email from a house listing we had on the market a month ago and it was just like a timing personal thing we can only have it up for 30 days didn't get our price took it off we're gonna hang tight and wait saying hey are you interested in still selling that? Like someone went off market for a neighborhood for their buyers. And I texted my guy this morning. He's like, yeah, send them over. Perfect. Let them see it. Yeah. So it's like people are starting to sniff around. And like the only time I see people go looking at expireds or stuff that that is not lo no longer on the market is when there's not a lot of inventory. Right. Which right. is dropping. Our inventory is dropping. Is your? Ours is coming up. Really? Yeah. Oh, ours... ours is dropping off. Like we've lost more than 10% in the last two weeks. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's just starting to drop like crazy. I guess we should... Uh, should we wrap it up? Probably, that was fun, Kim. We should probably wrap. Kim, we awesome. are not going to see you again until November 14th and 15th at Masters wow, Academy. Yeah. That? I will be there. I'm excited. I got my son coming as well, so that'll be really cool. What do you look forward to most at RRI, at Masters Academy? Masters Academy? What's your favorite part besides the cocktail hour? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my favorite part is Members Day. Yeah. Which Ooh. is the day after... 14 and see if we can get an upsell for uh, the sponsor, the coaching there, because she's trying to sell it. She's trying to upsell you right now. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, but it, the reason I love Members Day so much is is just that um, more personal roundtable yeah. mastermind kind of vibe, which is, you know, is always a benefit and always amazing. Yesterday kind of felt like that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing. I, I, I'm uh, specifically, I love the lightning rounds. I like a 15 minute like producer going, this is it. Right. Right. And it's just like, okay, that's where I start making yeah. notes. Well, in the meat and the potato, the meat and potatoes that, that Rich gets, you know, people up on stage actually saying, this is what I do is so valuable yeah. to everybody coming. And the fact that, you know, we have all been over 10 times and everybody says, well, why do you, it's the same stuff every time. And yeah. I said, well, but Still I'm learners. not different every time I go, yeah, or yeah. I'm not the same every time I go. You're I ready say. to accept a new idea sometimes. Right. You know, because you can only implement really one to three ideas each time you go. So every six months, I made one note yesterday. Yeah. And oh, thanks. From, one note. Eh? No, honestly, <laughs> it was from, I made one note and it was from Nolan's presentation. Yeah. And it's like, this is happening. Right. Yep. Right. And that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So that's what Masters Academy is also good for. Can I say something quickly before we wrap this? And if you're looking for a ticket for this, you can get $200 off in the link in the description or the show notes if you're listening on the audio. Um, do you think that one of the qualifying questions when a consumer is interviewing a real estate agent, and, and I'm not saying that agents that aren't in some type of coaching or mentorship aren't also great, but it's like the people that we've met through these conferences mm -hmm. take their business seriously and are really damn good at what they do. And if I'm a consumer watching this right now being like, I'm not buying a ticket to a real estate conference, fine. But the next time you interview a realtor, ask them if they're coached. Or if they're in any mastermind groups, do you think that's something that you could almost qualify them with? Because if they're willing to spend time and money on getting better in their own business, they're probably good at what they do. And not well, saying you're not if you're not in it, but I, I think it's just interesting. I yeah, I love to see. I met a lady. Um, it was not even. It was like a designer for a buyer on a property. Blah blah blah. And she was. We just happened to meet up early before the client and the other realtor got there, and she's a designer let's call it engineer whatever she's doing renovations and she belonged to an association and was coached in her industry and i was like i didn't even know they did that in that industry yeah right i don't think a lot of people know that we get can get coaches yeah probably not I don't the think, general public i don't think I don't. the public knows that no. a lot of real estate agents pay a lot of money every year to be coached a lot yeah a lot of money. it's not cheap. i actually I, I actually just had one of my friends say you know we were out having dinner and and having a drink and um i told him i was coming here because mm -hmm. i was getting involved with people that i'm at the same organization of getting coached and he says why do you need coaching 
I said, what do you mean? Why do I need coaching? I always should be improving on on my own skills and and what I do for my clients. He and says, wouldn't you want the person that you hired to have that mindset? Yeah. 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 It was really interesting. I couldn't believe that he and, and this guy's a lawyer like he's. Yeah. He's very smart. Yeah. Um, but he challenged me on why I needed a coach. And I'm like, well, coach shines his flashlight in my dark corners that I need lit up so that I can change him. Right. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, uh, I invite everybody out, uh, buy your tickets now, save $200 by clicking the link in the description below. See us in Northern Toronto Masters Academy, the 14th and 15th of November. I will be there. Tom will be there. Kim will be there. I will be there. I will be sharing a hotel room with one of you. I'll let you get through. <laughs> uh, um, uh, <laughs> Kim, people that are viewing this and listening to this that didn't already know who you were, how can they find you? And if they're interested in your help in the markets that you work in, what's the best place to go to connect with you? Sure. You know what? If you just Google my name, I should pop up. Uh, no problem. Heisman, Kim like, Heisman, like the trophy. Like the trophy. Like the trophy, but no S. It's a Z. So it's oh, H -E -I -Z. it's even cooler then. I Z. It's way cooler with a Z. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, if you Google that, uh, everything will come up. My cell phone is not a secret. I'm not a secret agent. Steve is. Oh, my <laughs> Send me the links and I'll have put everything down below we're, in the description. Sure. We're going to wrap this up, but I just realized that we're going to have to have you back because we didn't even bring up the limited dual agency oh geez. we didn't even talk about it and that could be a whole another episode on its own which could be a lot of fun and yeah. for anyone saying like what the heck does that mean it means that you you real it's very very difficult to represent a seller and a buyer on the same transaction that's right where we can do this in ontario legally and we you want no to blow can. somebody else's mind we can double end a property we can't give limited dual agency so if you I can don't figure even out what that, that statement means i don't even know what that means <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh i think that's it kim any last no, thanks for having me. And, and if anybody wants any information on the Okanagan, just give me a Have show. you watched our podcast before? I have. Have you got to the end? No. Oh, okay. Damn. Well, watch this. Uh -oh. Tom. <laughs> My ending. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching another episode of the Tom Story Show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Kim. Appreciate it.